If you're having trouble with your boobs and your belly and your thighs and your arms and ready-made clothing has lost its charms, join the group and listen to the cast about making clothes that fit and last self-sewn. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Self-Sewn Wardrobe podcast and live broadcast. I'm your host, Mallory Donahue, and... Uh, If you are listening to this via podcast, make sure and check out the Facebook group, um, facebook.com slash self-sewn, or excuse me, facebook.com slash group slash self-sewn wardrobe, and uh, you'll be able to be part of our fabulous community there. Good morning to Fred and Lauren and Betsy. Hi, everybody. Whew, I'm getting a little short of breath um, <laughs> now. Uh, <laughs> I um, I like feel the baby getting bigger. You know, it's like actually there. Good morning to Carmen. Hi, Lonnie. Hello, Julianne. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to have all of you here this morning. And so today we have been uh, well. From yesterday afternoon, um, I posted a request for feedback, um, for comments, uh, asking about whether or not I can use your photos in like a blog post or a weekly roundup or something like that. And so this, uh, I got a lot of feedback and I really appreciated that. And good morning to Sandy. Um, so, <laughs> um, you know, I've got I've got a couple of options here, and I want to explain sort of my motivations behind asking this question. So, um, as we are growing and wanting to, you know, create more sewing media and content, etc., Sam and I were kind of looking at the content schedule yesterday, and I realized, like, I'm doing three of these live videos a week. It's quite a bit of content, you know, and then I'm kind of, like, treating... Uh, blog posts, like something separate, you know, uh, or the other instructional videos that we'd like to do as something separate, and and they are, you know, in some ways, but we get into some really great discussions here in the Facebook group about fitting, about overfitting, um, <laughs> about things like that, and hi, Marisa and Glenda and Sharon. Uh, so we get into some really good discussions, and then sometimes through the Facebook group, like, things kind of get lost. They can get, you know, pushed back. Uh, They aren't as easy to find through the search function. So I was thinking it would be really cool to do a blog post that sort of acted as show notes to to the three live broadcasts that I do during the week here. And so that blog post would kind of recap, um, (laughs) would would kind of recap the, the... the discussion of the week, and I wanted to ask if I could use your photos because I don't want to use them without your permission. I thought about including a disclaimer in the Facebook group um, description saying that, you know, if you post a photo here, it's possible I could use it on our website, da da da. And um, a lot of you 
a lot of you were like, use my photos anytime you want. And then another, you know, uh, other people were like, you know, I'd prefer if you asked, da, 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 da. You know, oh, could we make a list of people who are okay with it? Could we make a list of people who are not, da, da, da. Well, I think, you know, for now, the what we're going to do is I'm going to ask permission every time I want to use a photo. I don't think I'll want to, like, that won't be, like, the main part of the blog post, necessarily. I will discuss uh, issues that our readers have faced. I will try not, you know, I'm not going to, like, put in a bunch of personal details or anything like that or, like, your your full name or anything uh, or your address. <laughs> um, but you, um, I, I did want to talk about how the internet works a little bit. Um, like how the whole social media thing works before we move on from here. So the Facebook group is indeed a closed Facebook group. Okay. Um, I have to approve everyone who joins. Now, there really is no perfect vetting process for approving people who join the group. Um, People, you know, I, uh, this is, this is not a, you know, like a, I'm a part of a few groups that are like female only. And even then I'm like, how do you know if someone's a female? Like, how could you know that? You know, (laughs) for sure on Facebook, when anybody can enter their profile picture and make it whatever they want. Okay. Um, I, I, um, I understand that we all feel very safe here in this group. I feel safer talking, like, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm talking to my good friends, you know, when, when I'm talking to y'all. Now, this audio, as I've said from the beginning, it gets recycled into a podcast, so, like, everybody hears what I'm saying, you know, and occasionally I think, oh, I kind of got a little personal there, you know, maybe it should just be for, like, the group members. Well, you know, the group is now over 1300 people and they could all be um they could all be great people but we you don't know everyone who's in this group okay and i maybe i'm getting a little uh like maybe i'm shooting myself in the foot here i love how freely everyone shares their makes their uh, challenges, etc. But please keep in mind that if there is something that you truly wish to keep private, you are better off not sharing it anywhere on Facebook. Okay, no matter how closed you know the group is. Now, there are some, there are some groups that can get very specific. You know, maybe it's people who have you know paid for a a class or a membership or something like that. Uh, you know, so you can, you can know that those people are committed to the purpose of the group. I paid for an online course and that was how I got to join the, you know, the Facebook group for the online course. That's where we discuss things. So everyone there, you know, paid the money. We all know they're there to talk about email newsletters is what the course was about. But I, I really, I want to protect you all. Um, this, this group is, I think, an amazing place. Everyone, um, is is very kind. Everyone who gives feedback is, um, I think, you know, doing so very thoughtfully. But, you know, if, if there is something that you, if, if you're thinking, you know, I wouldn't want Mallory to share this in a blog post, okay, that is fine. But I just want you to know that 
I approve people to join this group, and anybody can click and drag your photo from the group, not, not just from this group, from any group, okay, and do whatever they want with it, okay? You need to know that. You, you need to understand that no matter, no matter how kind of like comfy and safe we feel, and I really do feel that way, um, it's possible. Now, if I were to find out anything uh, like that were happening, I would try to do my best to prevent it, um, or, or get that person out of the group or something like that. But, you know, um, think about, think about that. I want to keep you comfortable. I want to, to make you happy. I think about that when I post in the group, when I'm talking. And, since I am, and ZD is, you know, we're sort of like the personalities uh, behind behind this stuff. We we let you all into our personal lives quite a bit. In fact, I think maybe I've shared more about my pregnancy here um, than I have like with a lot of my personal Facebook friends. And so, you know, people listening through the podcast have that information, etc. And you need to understand that this kind of thing sort of happened when Instagram changed their algorithm. A lot of people were complaining. They were like, I want to see all my friends' stuff first thing. I want to, you know, I don't like it, that they're changing it, blah, blah, blah. They just want to sell advertising. Like, heads up, that's what the internet is about, you know. And, you know, that is... uh. You, you need to know that. Um, if you're really looking for a way to, like, you know, personally connect with people, you're going to have to do that, you know, through some other space. But what, you know, Instagram is doing, what Facebook is doing, is they're offering this service for you to stay more connected with, you know, businesses and friends, et cetera, et cetera. And then they are basically selling the rights to access you as a consumer, okay? So that's what this is. Now, I am... A willing participant. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. I am on Instagram, etc. Okay. Um, you you know, uh, and I know that I see that I see uh, ads. Okay. I know as a business owner, this is where I don't. If, if any of you don't have like a business that you're conducting on the internet, here's the deal. I have my business page on Facebook, you know, like the ZD Sewing Studio page and the Sewing Out Loud page. And we, Facebook is trying to sell to me all the time as a business owner. They're trying to sell access to Facebook members. They're like, hey, do you want to like tell people in your area about your latest class? Do you want to tell people about this? Da, da, da. Do you want to promote your call to action? You know, da, da, da. so I know that I'm, I'm well aware that you know, I like to buy mugs and Facebook is accessing my Google search and then <laughs> selling that information to businesses who sell mugs, etc. So just keep in mind, Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz, they are not a public service. If we were to be in a space that would truly protect your privacy, we would have to move all of this content, all of this information over to our website and create like a private forum um, or something like that. Now, that's an option, but that is costly. And here is my, you know, I'll just, I'll be very upfront. I am a business owner. 
when I do these videos and I offer advice or when we do, um, uh, when we do instructional videos, people are like, oh yes, awesome, instructional video. They watch, they learn, and then, hey, there might be, um, you know, uh, a link to ZD's favorite scissors, okay? <laughs> Now, you know, we happen to truly believe in this product, et cetera, et cetera, and if you get it, it's going to be fabulous, all right? But I, um, you know, we're a business as well, and so Facebook allows me to reach a broader audience. You know, it, it allows me, this group will pop up in the little sidebar for people who are in other groups about sewing uh, or making or clothing or something like that. That's how people find the group, okay? So... I, I want to be very upfront just about how all this works so that no one is surprised, but I still will not be using any photos or anything like, excuse me, anything like that without your permission. I, but I, I do kind of want you to know if, if anybody on here is sort of like, oh, I'm sharing this and like only Mallory is seeing it, like that's not true, okay? It's, it's not true in any group you belong to unless it's like a closed group closed group, which still Facebook's a watching ya, okay? I mean, have you ever, like, gone and Googled something and then gone back to Facebook and there's an ad for that thing? Like, I was looking at fossil watches. <laughs> now fossil watches follow me all over the internet, okay? <laughs> so just, just please keep that in mind. Um, you know, this, this group, uh, you know, I, I talk to you all about products. The sales of those products help us to, um, you know, run our web hosting and, uh, you know, pay our bills and whatever. So whatever you all like do for a job, if you're a, you know, you're a doctor or if you're a, um, trying to think, uh, we got a few, like, we have lobbyists, we have, a um, you know, public planning people, we have people who work at Lowe's, da-da-da-da-da. So, uh, just, just keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it is Big Brother, and then people are saying, oh, I love, hate Facebook. Like, a lot of the comments, you know, are, are doing that. Uh, are, a lot of, I, I totally agree. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be an evil thing. It could be used for evil. Of course, anything can be used for evil. Um, and I don't... I, I'm not kind of somebody who, like, does a wholesale rejection of social media, obviously. I have a lot of friends who do, though. They're like, I don't want that information out there, blah, 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 blah. Um, but if Facebook does offer a way for me to reach, you know, uh, people who maybe I would not have otherwise um, been able to reach. So, uh, that's that's the kind of, like, the trade-off for me, you know. So, anyway... I hate to sound like I'm sort of like lecturing about the internet, but I do want people to know that if you are truly concerned about your privacy, I'm sort of like, you know, me putting a, a photo in a blog post might not be the worst thing like that could happen to you. But once again, I'm not going to be doing so without your express permission. Okay. So, so please keep that in mind. Um, okay. But the reason, okay, it's really exciting, I think, <laughs> uh, how we are, how we're going to do some of this stuff because we, like, we've been talking about, uh, you know, fitting, overfitting, we've been doing all this, you know, sort of stuff, et cetera. Um, and, okay, well, Lonnie, I have, I have to address Lonnie's comment. She says she gets upset when Facebook 
has like uh, messes with her newsfeed and puts top posts instead of most recent posts. Here's the deal. If we all really wanted a social network that where it was just like just our friends and we just saw the most recent thing, we'd have to pay for it. Okay. So now Facebook is free. Like, you know, you don't pay a monthly subscription for it or anything like that. But if you did want one, if you did want a social media network that was completely respectful of your privacy, you'd have to pay for it. We'd all have to pay for it, right? We'd have to, you know, deal with the server space. We'd have to, uh, you know, all that jazz, pay all the people at Facebook, you know, um, (laughs) pay all the people from our pockets instead of advertisers paying for access. So, okay, I'm going to (laughs) stop. I'm going to stop talking about the internet. No, I'm really excited because I've I've been talking about, I think I've been talking about this for like months now, but I really want to flesh out the blog side of SewHere.com and our podcast, uh, Sewing Out Loud, with the one that I do with mom, it is... If you were to, you know, judge it along with um, other podcasts, the show notes are really terrible. That's like two sentences, you know. And so I'm like, I want better show notes, you know, write it up. And then so uh, recently Sam and I have been um, experimenting with like format for show notes with, you know, things like that. And then I wrote, we wrote some up and I'm like, this is just, it's just as good as another blog post. And why am I trying to like way overwork myself and you know the content that we're creating I mean technically we often put out four podcasts per week so people find the content differently when people are searching on the internet of course the searches don't go through audio they go through text and so I'm really excited to kind of do a wrap-up post of our discussions from the three days of live broadcast. I think what this will also do, sometimes I've been treating the live broadcast as something very separate from what I want to include in the blog. So if I include um, kind of like the goals for the blog and the live broadcast, I feel like they can be a lot more focused a lot more informative. Sometimes it is just fun to kind of, you know, answer questions on the fly and everything. And I would still love to do that. But you know, um, I, I think that that would be, I, I'm just really excited. I also think it will be exciting if, like yesterday, I don't think everybody understood how cool a cover stitch trick I did was, and that's all right because it was kind of hard to see, but if I talk about the cover stitch, you know, trick and I write it out and then we do like a more, a more formal video with like different camera angles where we can like zoom in on the work, on the needles, etc., and I can link to that, then when people are searching the internet or when somebody talks about it here in the self sewn wardrobe group, we can share a link to that information. And I think it'll just be much more nicely organized. So I'm, I'm really excited about, uh, how, how things are going and, um, sort of being able to flesh out the content for the website, get those videos made that we've been wanting to get made and not, um, from, from my standpoint as the, you know, the business owner standpoint, the content creator standpoint, um, it's going to be, I think, a lot more like cohesive way to meet the needs of our audience, you know, for people to want to, who, who want to find information about sewing from us, you know, who are like, well, I want to, I want to see ZD's trick. I want to see ZD's, 
you know, pillowcase video or something like that, we'll be able to do that and just like kind of beef it up a little bit more. And it won't just exist here on Facebook because that's another thing. You know, Facebook technically could like go out of business tomorrow and then all of these videos that I have created would be gone. You know, I, I, I kind of like don't, you know, own them when they only exist on Facebook. So when we get to put all that information on our website, it becomes more searchable, um, more more accessible. And I know that maybe, maybe this sounds really dry to everybody. Um, <laughs> but after we did the show notes of the, for the podcast that's coming out on Friday, it, it's just really beefy. It's about, um, cleaning things in your sewing room. And we'd already done a few videos about it. And so those videos are all there and I think it'll be easier for people to find. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Also, I am going to have to cancel tomorrow's live broadcast. I normally do a live broadcast on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But in the flurry of closing the retail store last month, I promised a good friend that I would come and speak to her class about how clothing is made. Um, <laughs> so uh, she is a teacher at a local high school here. And I think I've actually spoken at her class. Like maybe I've this this will be my third time, and last time or I think I think the first time that uh, we did it, um, I went there for like three days and they like designed quilt blocks and I sewed them together. And so um, this last time, I spoke to them about uh, how workers are treated in places where their clothing is made. And I, you know, kind of, I, I need to go back and look at my presentation, but said, you know, would you, you know, do anything for whatever, you know, 15 cents a day, da, 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 da. And, you know, they were like, no, I wouldn't do that. And I'm like, well, then why would you expect somebody to do that, you know, for your clothing? And then I had them sew on a button. I brought them all, I brought like just these little squares of felt. Everybody got a needle. Everybody got some thread and a button. And I made them thread the needle. I made them knot the thread. I tried to show them the, you know, the cool trick to knot the thread and sew on the button. And it was just so funny because some of the kids were, oh, and I gave them like a toothpick to, to, you know, make this shank on the button, uh, you know, when you're sewing it on. And it was like some of the kids could do it pretty easily. But most of them were sort of struggling a little bit. And I think that that showed them the sort of talent that it takes to sew, you know, to to actually do these things. Or that, hey, it's a skill that at some point, you know, you had to learn. And then maybe you can sew on buttons really fast or, you know, something like that. But it's not, you know, sewing, a lot of it, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really call any part of sewing, you know, like unskilled labor, you know, these people kind of have to know what they're doing, you know, <laughs> and uh, so, uh, as many of us know, they do not get uh, adequately compensated for their work, and sometimes they are working in very dangerous conditions that can be dangerous to their health, they can be fatal, you know, factories can collapse, and the reason this is happening is the companies are working with suppliers who want this lowest bottom line. You know, they want to be able to, you know, get a t-shirt from, 
growing the cotton in the ground, you know, uh, processing the fibers, making the fabric, churning it into a t-shirt and shipping it back to the U.S., and then selling it for $5.99 and somehow making a profit on that. You know, they want that. So how, how, how does this happen? <laughs> it happens by not giving your workers the protections that they need. You know, of course, cost of living, standards of living, etc., are different in different countries. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, things, things cost different amounts of money, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who's working in those factories is particularly, you know, like grateful for the job or being being even paid a wage that allows them to, you know, live or thrive or pay for their kids to go to school or something like that. So, um, I last time I did this presentation, I didn't leave enough time for them to really like sew on the button. So now I'm gonna leave more time for that. Uh, which hey, I don't have to talk during that time. Um, <laughs> well, I have to instruct them, but I don't have to just you know la 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 uh, talk. And last time I wore my ginger jeans that I'd made uh, to talk to them about how long it took me, how much the fabric cost, you know, blah blah blah, all that stuff. And like, hey, we can buy, you know jeans for $15.99, you know, we can, you know, do all this stuff and, uh, but, you know, the fabric for these retails for $14.99, blah, 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 blah. So we just discussed a lot of that. And Lauren Zuniga says, have you read Fugitive Denim? It covers a lot of those subjects. I have not. I read the book Overdressed. Um, very, I think it was like right before I gave this presentation last year around this time. And so that book is about fast fashion and consumption, et cetera. And I, but I would love to read, read more uh, about the, about how our clothing is made. And okay, you know, I got a lot of thoughts on this. I'm sure a lot of people have read a lot and there've been lots of books published, but it's sort of something that kind of got me the other day I was thinking about is a lot of people say, oh, no one sews anymore. And it's like, well, someone sews because everybody's wearing clothes. It's just that not as many people like here in the United States sew as much. And so I just was sort of like getting, I thought, I thought, you know, we're treating the people who in the, in the countries who are based in textile manufacturing as quote, no one, you know, I, and it's, it's not showing a lot of, like, respect or awareness for where our clothing comes from. And, hey, you know, there's a lot we don't maybe, like, think about now. I mean, we outsource a lot of things. Outsource our food production for the most part. I mean, you know, and I, I don't think it's bad to buy clothing. I don't think it's bad to go to the grocery store and buy the food versus, like, oh, my God, you didn't grow that yourself. Like, stop breathing, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just not practical. But learning about it, I think, can help us to just become aware of the challenges and the realities of our, our um, consumption, etc. And something else I've also been thinking about, just doing a little brainstorming uh, the other day, is how in order to make your own clothing in the United States, like as like I'm I'm like a middle class, you know, Midwesterner. But like to get the equipment and to like get the fabric and the time to make my own clothes is a a pretty big privilege in itself. I mean, I 
you got to have the time. You can't be, you know, you have to have like a car to efficiently get yourself to work and come back. A lot of, you know, a lot of families need two incomes nowadays. Like it's not, I, I hesitate, even though I like to talk about how making your own clothes can be a way to, you know, be somehow helpful to the environment or to raise awareness or be helpful to those workers. It's it's not a, just an automatic, like, get out of jail free car, card. Um, it is, it is a, I, I am definitely lucky, you know, to have, well, and now, of course, like, my business is teaching people to sew, you know, and so that's, that's my job. But if there's somebody out there working 40 hours a week to maintain their position at their job and paying for childcare, and, like, what are they going to do in their leisure time? Are they going to have, you know, obtain the mastery that it takes to make their own clothing and then make everything for their family along with, you know, putting dinner on the table, etc.? Like, I, I would not fault anyone for not making their own clothes. I would never say, oh, you don't make your own clothes, I'm better than you, you know, because I, I paid for this denim that's made in the U.S., you know, da da da, da. Like, I'm happy to do all that, but I would never... I I sometimes get this tone from some other blog posts, other um, bloggers, what do I want to say, you know, on the internet. Like, I don't know. I don't like to sort of take that moral high ground. Kind of like in our fleece episode, you know, we were talking about fleece and, I mean, honestly, just, you know, mom and I just don't like how fleece feels. Um <laughs> We, we just don't like sewing with it. I mean, if it was, like, the best thing to sew with, you know, environmentally, we wouldn't like it. So we, we you know, but we did talk about, like, the environmental impact of fleece and, like, to be aware of it. But I'd never be like, well, I don't sew with fleece, so I'm uh, not doing anything to harm the environment. <laughs> I mean, uh, it takes water to make fabric. You know, it takes uh, resources to make fabric, uh, you know. It takes resources to recycle fabric. So it's just, I think, the most important thing is to be informed, you know, to to constantly be learning about the repercussions of our actions, to constantly be learning about, you know, just, just current events, like what's going on, you know, in people's lives. And that's uh, that's important. Yeah, Karen says, reasons why I never got to sew for 20 years, three jobs, three kids, and life. And, like, back in the time when almost all clothing was made in the home, and this is not so very long ago. I mean, my mother's mother did not sew all of her clothing. She didn't want to. She, like, kind of hated sewing because when her family made her clothing, she thought it looked really homemade. And so this is very much like a, I, I think, sort of like a status symbol for her and a symbol of how she'd kind of, you know, gotten out of a situation that she was not happy in and she could afford to purchase clothing for herself and her family. So, you know, that's not, that's two generations ago. That's not very long ago when mass-produced clothing was not as common, but the world was very different than two. Uh, most women did not work outside the home, for various reasons. 
lots of, in this I'm speaking about the U.S., um, you know, lots of agricultural, you know, work was being done that was, it's sort of like your, your, your life was very much based around your home. And now, like, I have made the transition to basing my life around my home more, and I find that to be a luxury. Uh, you know, for me, a lot of us spend a lot of time, you know, going to jobs and stuff, which is, you know, what kind of how the world is now. And a lot of people are looking to change that. Of course, you don't have to make your own clothes to support, you know, worker-friendly practices, etc. Um, and, uh, you know, you can you can buy less. You can research the, you know, kind of like the provenance of the, uh, <laughs> of the clothing. And uh, Amanda, your, your comment disappeared, but you said the word sanctimonious. And yeah, I think some people can get kind of sanctimonious about it. So I, I like to really focus on like everyone here in this group has made the decision that they want to sew for themselves, you know? And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to help you do that. I'm going to help you fit things, make fabric choices, blah, 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 you know? And then we are going to talk about our pet peeves of how we, you know, don't like fleece. And so Janelle said that she felt guilty sewing with fleece after our podcast. That was not the, uh, not the intention necessarily. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Sandy says, my grandma grew up sewing and knitting all of her own clothing. But yes, she and her sister started at a very young age and that's all the women in their household did. Yeah. I mean, if you think about uh, just... What we outsource now and what that means to us, and I think I mentioned this in a, a much older podcast that Mom and I did, that I read uh, the John Adams book by David McCullough, and, uh, you know, Abigail Adams, along with many other women in history, she's like, you know, shearing the sheep and spinning the wool and making the fabric and then, like, making her family's clothing Okay, so that's a very foreign process to us now in modern days, but can you imagine the time commitment? Like, that was her job, you know, and she still was a very educated person and whatnot, but when you think about how when we do outsource things, it does give us a chance to become more educated. Uh, it gives us a chance to learn, you know, children being in school instead of working in factories, uh, you know, children getting to, you know, learn uh, in in safe schools, etc. instead of, you know, that's, that's what child labor laws are all about, okay? Um, <laughs> and underage labor is a big problem in the textile manufacturing world. So, you know, got to be thinking about that. Uh, but this is true for lots of products, not just clothing. Makeup. Uh, I mean, I just kind of look around... I make a lot of my own clothes. I explore that a lot, and I kind of look around at things I didn't make. Like these shelves behind me are from Target, and I'm like, oh man, how did I get, how did I buy these shelves for, you know, under $30? And they were shipped from China, you know? <laughs> they were all put together in some factory, you know? And I'm like, I do not, I'm not a part of or educated about like, the ethical furniture movement, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't know as much about that, you know, even though, um, my family does make a lot of other stuff. So anyway, uh, yeah, Lonnie says we're all going to be replaced by robots soon. So anyway, exactly. Um, <laughs> now I wrote a blog post a while ago. I think I published it about how sewing is one of the only things that 
is not done by a robot. Like, they can't figure out how to get the robot to feed the fabric nicely. They, like, there are still, like, just people feeding fabric through the machines. Like, they can, they can't, they can't figure that out yet. There's a whole, like, startup that's all funded by venture capitalists, and I can't remember, oh, man, I can't remember what the company is called, but the robot that they are trying to build is called the Sobot. Sewing puns, you can't get away from them. <laughs> okay, so this podcast has run a little long. I hope you enjoyed discussion about how the internet works, how um, everyone is, you know, stealing your information all the time. Please, please, you know, reflect on that, etc. And <laughs> um, just make sure you're not sharing anything in this group. You know, uh, I, I understand that we all feel very safe here. Um, but, you know, do protect yourself, protect your children, etc. This group is not, um, you know, the perfect sort of, you know, like secure space, um, because it is hosted on Facebook. Okay, well, uh, I'm gonna get off of here and, um, go prepare, actually, uh, we're doing something really fun today. Go on our Instagram, go to, you know, ZD Sewing Studio, or, the self-sewn wardrobe Instagram, and I'll be posting about it there. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I will talk to you all live again on Monday. I will not be live tomorrow on Thursday because I'll be at the high school, uh, doing my little, my little spiel about, uh, sustainable, or about, about how clothing is made, not necessarily about sustainable fashion. And, yeah, we will, we will have a good time. So I hope you get something sewn today. And, um, I will be in the group doing, you know, seeing what you're making, et cetera, uh, over, over the weekend uh, before I talk to you on Monday. All right. Thanks for watching. If you're having trouble with your boobs and your belly and your thighs and your arms and ready-made clothing has lost its charms, join the group and listen to the cast about making clothes.